0: Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Sunbelt, your conference every day. I'm your host, Dave Schultz, afternoon host on Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP in Mobile, Alabama, covering the South Alabama Jaguars. Prior to that, in the mornings uh, on 103.7 The Game in Lafayette, Louisiana, covering the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Today's episode of Locked On Sunbelt is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code LOCKEDON and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. All right, we will preview week six here in a moment. We'll also go back to week five to see how poorly my picks were. Nothing like week four where I was six and one. My goodness. Uh, We will also have Josh Aubry on from the Statesboro Herald. He will help us preview Georgia Southern and Georgia State. And as far as I'm concerned, he is determining who is the real All right, before we get to uh, last week's game, uh, we do not have a big schedule this week. We have Georgia Southern at Georgia State, James Madison at Arkansas State, App State at Texas State, Southern Miss at Troy, and Coastal Carolina at Monroe. Uh, So who is off? Louisiana and South Alabama have the week off, and Marshall and Old Dominion are off. Uh, If we go back to uh, last week again, Did not do the picks very well at all. Just start with South Alabama and the Cajuns. I really didn't think that game was going to be close. Uh, And certainly, it had the possibility of not being close once the uh, Jaguars settled down. But they did blow a 10-point lead instead of expanding a 10-point lead. And they were fortunate enough to win. I had the Jaguars. Uh, I didn't think Georgia State was going to cover, meanwhile, win the ball game up at Army. I was wrong on that one, too. Georgia State's defense comes through. Uh, they defeat Army uh, straight up. Uh, I did have the James Madison game against uh, Texas State. They blew out the Bobcats. The line was 21 and a half. Uh, we do have some big lines for heavy favorites on the road. We'll talk about that here, uh, coming up. Uh, and then I kind of screwed up two ball games. I had them backwards. Uh, Liberty and ODU. ODU is pretty good, but Liberty is very good. All right, Liberty is a very good uh, group of five team probably Hugh Freeze could be the leading candidate for Auburn. If that job opens up for him to get back into the SEC, we shall see ODU put on, put up a good fight. It was, it was, you know, back and forth throughout, but Liberty ends up winning 38-24. Liberty, again, over 250 yards passing, over 200 yards rushing. Very few teams do that on a regular basis. And yet they average over 200 yards, I believe, passing, 250 yards passing and over 200 yards rushing a game. All right. And the one I messed up, along with that was I'm the first to tell you that I think Troy is better than everybody thinks they are and for some reason I didn't believe in Troy going to Western Kentucky my mistake Uh, Troy not only was a five point underdog but they went in there and they beat the Hilltoppers so Troy has won a couple in a row Uh, they are uh, three and two and again one defended Hail Mary away from being four and one and then you have uh, Arkansas State came up big they blew out ULM I think I may have had Arkansas State to win, but I had ULM to cover, uh, and they did not. It was only a seven point spread, and Arkansas State blew out uh, the Warhawks. Uh, I did go two and five last week, so right there, that makes up for the six and one uh, that we got uh, the week before. So <laughs> Ooh, uh, stay hot, Schultz. We'll see how we do uh, this week. All right, the big ball game in the East is Georgia State and Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern has two tough losses. After they beat Nebraska, they had to take on UAB in Birmingham, and they lost on a last-minute hurtling touchdown by C.J. Beasley, uh, and it was Coastal Carolina getting past Georgia Southern. So they're pretty good. Georgia State, a two-and-a-half-point favorite, they've had a tough schedule, as tough as anybody. South Carolina, North Carolina, and Coastal. Their uh, ball game against Charlotte is kind of what scared me away from. Picking them against Army and, and trying to beat Army in West Point is not easy at all. I think Georgia State is maybe better than their record would indicate. I have to think Georgia Southern is the better team. So I'm going to take the Eagles. Give me uh, the two and a half. Texas State is not very good. They are getting a bunch of points at home. 19 and a half. Uh, App State should win this game handily. I just think Texas... I think it's too many points to win on the road. Uh, 19 and a half is a bunch. It's basically three touchdowns. Not quite, but basically... Uh, although technically I guess it is six for the touchdowns, but with the extra points, I'm going to take the Bobcats. I still think they're going to get blown out, but I think they're going to manage to cover. App State has had, um, you know, some close losses and some close wins, but I'm not sure they're going to be able to blow the Bobcats out uh, in uh, San Marcos. Uh, Ark State, 11.5 point underdogs at home against James Madison. Tough road trip to get to Jonesboro from Harrisonburg. But I just think James Madison, the number one team offensively, the number one team defensively in the conference, I think they will cover uh, and I think they take down Arkansas State as well. All right, Southern Miss actually coming off an off week. Troy with their big win against Western Kentucky. It is Troy, six and a half over Southern Miss. Uh, I'm not going to make the same mistake again. I think this will be a close ball game. I, I think anything less than a touchdown is a close ball game. Although, I guess in this case, I am suggesting. It will be a touchdown. I think Troy covers it. That's a lot of points at home against Southern Miss. But I think Troy does a job. Uh, It'll be six and a half, so it'll be seven points. Again, that just feels like a lot of points at home. It feels like more of a three to four point game than than a touchdown. But I just think Troy is going to win. And I think they will find a way to cover. All right, ULM hosting Coastal Carolina. Uh, Again, Coastal Carolina's had some close victories. Their one blowout win was basically against... Uh, Georgia State uh, a few weeks back. Uh, Grayson McCall has been everything that Grayson McCall is expected to be. I think ULM is a different game, a different team at home. I think Coastal Carolina is going to win, but I think ULM is going to cover. All right, that's that, I'm going to call that. I think it's just a different thing when you know, at ULM. It's the reason they say it's a tough place to play is because you got to bring all your energy. You can't feed off of the crowd. It's not the biggest of all crowds. And so Coastal Carolina is going to have to figure that out. I mean, they should blow out ULM. But again, I think ULM is better than people think. And I don't think ULM is going to win the ballgame. It may be a backdoor cover. But I think uh, ULM will cover this game against Coastal at home. All right, so only five ballgames. Again, it's Georgia State, Georgia Southern. I'm taking the Eagles. Texas State, I'm going to take them to cover. But I think App State will win. I'm taking James Madison, 11 half to cover at Arkansas State. I'm taking Troy. I'm not feeling very, very confident in that. Uh, six and a half, covering at home against Southern Miss, and I will take ULM to cover against Coastal Carolina, although I do think uh, the Chanticleers are going uh, to win. All of these, by the way, are betonline.net. Uh, That's where the lines come from, betonline.net. Cajuns off, South Alabama off, Old Dominion off, and Marshall is off, and some big ball games coming up for uh, for the Jaguars next week. They host ULM. That'll be on the NFL Network. And then four days later, five days later, they get a Troy in the battle for the belt. That'll be on ESPNU. So we're going to know here in about two weeks if uh, South takes control of this division. All right. Um, for example, if Troy wins, then all of a sudden they're right on the heels of South Alabama. But if South Alabama wins their next two ball games, they're basically in control. They'll have, I guess, Southern Miss to face. Uh, later on in, in the season but other than that, they will take control but we are still a few weeks away from uh, that. Alright, that is the uh, week 6 preview a little bit more than uh, half a slate with only 5 games uh, on uh, on the schedule and 4 teams are off. We will be back with Josh Aubrey from the Statesboro Herald. Uh, he will talk uh, Georgia Southern taking on Georgia State and we ask him right off the top who is the real GSU? You're listening to Lockdown Sunbelt Your conference every day. This episode of Lockdown Sunbelt is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The easiest place to spice up the college football season. It's easy to get started and easy to play while you're watching your favorite team play. As a Patriots fan, you generally know not to pick the running backs. But they are playing against the Detroit Lions who give up 165 yards a game on the ground. Uh, I like both. Damian Harris over 60 and a half yards rushing and Ramondre Stevenson over 54 and a half yards rushing. Those are two proverbial locks, especially if Mac Jones doesn't play. But even if Mac Jones does play, I like the two Patriots running backs against the Lions defense. You can go to underdog and make picks like I just did. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team not just your team, and decide if they will finish higher or lower. It's one of the easiest fantasy games to play out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Sign up with the promo code On, one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On, one word, Get in on college football's pick'em action today. Welcome back to a Friday edition of Locked on a Sunbelt. Big ball game, Georgia Southern, Georgia State. Who's the real GSU? To determine that, it is Josh Aubrey. Uh, He covers the Georgia Southern Eagles for the Statesboro Herald. Josh, I have been, uh, since I've been in the South, I have learned all kinds of things that the way teams refer to each other, or refer to themselves, I should say. Uh, It was first the Cajuns, it's Lafayette, not Lafayette. Uh, it is uh UL or Louisiana. Uh, it's not South AL. It's South Alabama. Even South is okay. Since I've started the podcast, it is, uh, it's uh, Appalachian state and Shant. Uh, I'm sorry. Chanticleers. See, I'm still learning. Ooh. All right. So I'm going to leave it up to you. We're going to start this way. Uh, as I know, you're looking forward to it. Which school is the real GSU?
1: Well, I would say since playing football, Georgia Southern has been playing uh, a little bit longer in the uh, modern era and they've always been GSU to me. I've been covering them for 31 years. So I'm going to go with Georgia Southern being the real GSU. Now, unfortunately uh, they have kind of backed down and kind of gone with G S over mm. the past five or six years. Uh, I still call them GSU. I try to, I, I, it's, it's hard to break that old habit. So I, I think they've allowed Georgia State to kind of take, no. that, take that from them. So there you go. I'd right. say there, in my heart, Georgia Southern's the real GSU. Right. But it seems, seems like they've kind of given that acronym over to Georgia State.
0: Well, what do you know? The same thing happened over in Louisiana where, where UL kind of took the, the, um, the UL portion of it or just Louisiana and, and ULM stuck with ULM. Uh, I just find it funny. People are so passionate uh, about that thing, but now that that's settled. All right. So Georgia Southern is the official or in case in this case, the unofficial uh, GSU. Uh, we're talking to Josh Aubrey from the Statesboro Herald. All right, Josh, uh, why don't you recap the season? Obviously uh, highlighted for the Eagles with a win over Nebraska.
1: Yeah. You know, Clay Helton comes in. Uh, obviously he had uh, been the head coach at USC. So Comes in with some pretty good credentials despite, you know, having been fired there uh, last year, but they bring him on in November. He gets a chance to kind of be on the job, scouting, seeing what he likes, what needs he feels like they need to, to have. He's able to get a head start on recruiting. It ended up being a great decision because I think he was able to kind of determine what they needed to go after in the off season and, and where he felt they were secure. I think he was pleasantly surprised by what he saw from the wide receivers from a school that's known more for running and running an option-based attack. And they've come out of the gates very strong, you know, scored 59 points against Morgan State, followed that up by beating Nebraska on the road, despite whether they've struggled or not over the past years. That's 85,000 plus on the road. They won that we're in the game at the end at UAB had it within a touchdown lost to a very good UAB team, beat ball state uh, a couple weeks ago and then led coastal Carolina with less than a minute to go in the game before, you know, coastal gets a ESPN play of the week play to, uh, to end up winning that game 34 30. I think people are pretty excited about the direction that the program is heading. And, uh, You know, this game with Georgia State may not be a must win, but I think it's a pretty important game for both teams at this stage in the season.
0: Well, let's talk about Clay Helton and how important it was when he came over, uh, because some of these coaches, some of them become coaches, head coaches for the first time. Um, Obviously not the case for Clay Helton, but usually they get hired somewhere about a week or two before, or maybe sometimes even after Christmas. Now you're moving your entire family, you're trying to get an entire staff, uh you're trying to find a place to live, at the same time you're trying to recruit and get ready for spring ball. Clay Helton had all that done maybe before the actual end of the season last year. Uh, how how much was it e- how easy was it for him to get going? Once the season ended, all of the, you know, deta- all the personal details may have been settled uh, and so he can just concentrate on football uh right up until spring spring football starts.
1: Well, that's right. I mean, you know, the fact it was just, you know, the fact that he was let go early in the season and then the Georgia Southern let Chad Lunsberg go in the middle of the season and were able to go and get him. Who knows if he would even be available at the end of the year. So they go ahead and Jared Benko, Georgia Southern's athletic director does a very good job of, of getting him in place. And then he, like I said, he was able to evaluate what he had, He was able to make contacts on the recruiting circuit to be able to get a jump start on a lot of people, because all he had to do was recruit and kind of decide what he was going to bring in as far as assistant coaches and things like that. So he was able to kind of plan on maybe who he was going to bring in. And then when the season ended, he was able to hit the ground with his staff running a lot quicker, as you mentioned, than most, most, uh, head coaches that are hired at the end of a year have. He didn't have a lot of the things that they have to bring with them, as you mentioned. And it seems like that's made all the difference in, in making a pretty smooth transition this year.
0: Well, one of the transitions Clay Helton is doing is, you know, going with a modern offense, even as far back as, you know, last season, the, uh, the Georgia Southern Eagles passed it for 275 times, rushed it for 536 times. That's changed on a dime for Clay Helton's Eagles. He's already attempted 234 passes and 164 attempts on the ground. Do, do, do Georgia Southern Eagle fans understand what they're seeing?
1: Yeah, I think they had an idea. Now, it's not the first time that Georgia Southern has brought in a coach that has gotten rid of the option attack. This is the first time they've done it successfully. Right. Uh, Brian, Brian Van Gorder came in in 06, and you know, and his motto was, there is no option, and he proceeded to have the worst record in school history left after that season. They brought in uh, another guy who was a little more of a pass-oriented coach in uh, Chris Hatcher, who came from Valdosta State. He decided to work with what he had. He ends up running the ball more than throwing it with Jason Foster, who wins the Peyton award. He was trying to transition into a more of a passing offense and the, and he ended up getting fired. And then they brought Jeff Munkin in who brought back the under, under center triple option. And since then, it's been some form of the option. It hasn't been triple option, but it's been some form of the option since then until now, I think, People were receptive to doing something as long as they were able to win games. So far, he's shown he can. And I think they've, they've been pleasantly surprised that it's, it's worked so well so quickly.
0: All right, I do want to back up because we're talking with Josh Aubrey. He has been covering uh, the Georgia Southern Eagles, like you said, for 30 years. He's, he's working for the Statesboro Herald. So let's back it up because the only reason I'm familiar a little bit more than maybe others are with Georgia Southern is because a friend of mine back in 1998, we worked together. He attended a Georgia Southern. And so I know about the original Adrian Peterson. Yeah. That's the only reason why. So tell us about the history of Georgia Southern football, because it is rich and they were very, very good at a lower level of football.
1: Right. For the FCS and Adrian Peterson, who also uh, went on for a very good career in the NFL playing for the Chicago Bears, I believe he played eight seasons there, mainly as a uh, special teams and backup running back. Uh, but he had a couple of games with over 100 yards. But Georgia Southern, uh, six national championships, uh, six flags over Georgia was the was the cry there for a while. Uh, success came early on for Irk Russell, who won a couple of state or uh, national championships in the FCS level. Uh, you know, he turned it over. Tim Stowers won a championship in his first year. Uh, then you had Paul Johnson, who won two championships here. And uh, in the late 90s and in 2000, he then went on to success at Navy and Georgia Tech. Uh, they've kept the, the option attack for most of the time. That's kind of been what people have known Georgia Southern for. Uh, After Jeff Munkin left, after being successful here and and going to three uh, semifinal appearances in the FCS, they brought in Willie Fritz, and he had success in modifying that to uh, playing out of the pistol and had success right away in their first year transitioning to uh, the FBS level. He leaves. Tulane and then things that kind of went on to hard times Tyson Summers comes in for about a year and a half he ends up getting fired midseason. then they hire Chad Lunsford who was on staff he has a couple of pretty good seasons with Georgia Southern taking them to bowl games and back-to-back years and then struggled quite a bit couple uh last year he leaves midseason, gets fired they bring in uh Clay Helton as the head coach and you know, they are where they are now. People are used to running the ball. They're still having a lot of success running the ball. They're just throwing the ball a a lot more than they were with Kyle Van Trace as the quarterback.
0: Josh Aubrey from the Statesboro Herald joining us on Locked On Sunbelt. All right. You said that Clay Helton had a chance to see what the team needed. What did it need and who did he get? Uh, that he uh, that he needed to fill some roles with?
1: Well, the number one guy th- th- that he brought in was Kyle Treese, who had been at Buffalo, had some success there. They kind of transitioned from when he started there as a passing quarterback to more of a run-oriented uh, attack. His numbers kind of dipped a little bit, but he's had a heck of a year for Georgia Southern so far this year. He's on track to break, which the bar is a little low, but he's on nice. track to break, to break all, the, all the passing records at Georgia Southern Sing, single season, I should say, not career. Uh, Georgia Southern had a pretty good one back in the early 80s with Tracy Hamm who went on to a lot of success in the CFL, but, um, you know, he's right now at 10 touchdown passes, uh, 1,800 yards, I think is the uh, – single season record he Mm. should break that in a couple of games for georgia southern so that's where that was the big person that he brought in uh he also brought in uh, Jamel singleton who's a wide receiver who came from houston who was one of their better receivers last year he's a graduate uh, student here and then he also brought he also found that he had a couple of good receivers here with Caleb Hood, who's uh, one of the top receivers for them, and then Derwin Burgess Jr., who's already been on ESPN a couple of times in their plays of the week, had a couple good running backs who were returning juniors uh, with Jalen White and Gerald Green, who have been kind of the two-headed monster at at running back, and White has been leading the way. He has uh, over 600 yards rushing, I believe, and right at eight touchdowns on the season running
0: all right let's talk about the schedule because as, as you mentioned uh you know they've had some tough losses uh, at uab uh and at coastal carolina those are their only two losses and uh not losing losing either one of them uh, on the road no shame in that and obviously like you said it took a cj beasley hurdle uh for the winning score uh for the Clears to win that ball game but i'm also looking at it they've had four of their first six games of the season are on the road. You know, Auburn's got like five straight games at home uh, before they're heading to Georgia this week. South Alabama had four of five games uh, at home to start off. How did Clay Helton approach, you know, such a difficult portion of the schedule? I know it evens up later on, but I mean, when you include at Nebraska, at UAB, at Coastal, and then the rival at Georgia State, that's a taunting task when you look at it from the beginning of the season.
1: Yeah, and they knew that was coming and they – All you can do is just make sure you prepare best you can. Now, Georgia Southern, over the past few years, has struggled a bit on the road. And and what he was able to do with that Nebraska win is give them a lot of confidence. Again, regardless of what Nebraska's uh, struggles have been recently, it's still tough to go to Lincoln in front of that crowd and, and put up 45 points like they did. Um, you know, then you had to turn around and go on the road to UAB, who was 9-4 and last year, went to a bowl game, beat BYU. So you knew that was a team that was going to be tough to go in there win. They were, went behind early 21-0 and came back and, and played really well, got within a touchdown and then threw an interception with about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter that UAB then went down and scored for the final of 35-21. to Then they get to come back home at Ball State, and they win that one by 11 points. It was a little closer than that. They pulled away late in the fourth in that game. And then, you know, to go on the road to Coastal, who might be the toughest team in the Sunbelt Conference, one of the only unbeaten teams uh, still around in the nation. Uh, and again, with full strength, because the, we didn't know if uh, quarterback was going to play or not in that game at call, but he did. And he had a heck of a game and led them back in the last minute to, to win that game. But I think they came out of that coastal game feeling like they can play with anybody in the sunbelt. Um, you know, again, had to lead there with the, uh, over a minute left in the game and just, you know, d- weren't able to close it out. Defense kind of faltered a little bit down the stretch and they kicked a couple field goals instead of touchdowns. I think they wish they were, they could have scored touchdowns there they had the ball in the three yard line first and goal uh late in the game and weren't able to punch it in they had to kick a field goal and that ends up you know kind of coming back to them. all
0: right the same thing can be said for georgia state their schedule is ridiculous although many games were at home their loss so you know bill parcells has that cliche he started it i guess you know you are what your record says but georgia state's record is you know lost to south carolina lost to north carolina lost to coastal carolina The bad loss is to Charlotte, which they only lost by 142-41. to But then they go up and beat, you know, Jeff Munkin's team uh, at Army. And so, you know, uh, 31-14, where actually the Georgia State defense came through a couple of times. Uh, It's a little switch. It seems like Georgia State maybe once in a while used to pass the ball. Now they're running it uh, at a 2-1 to rate. Uh, How does Georgia Southern match up against Georgia State?
1: Well, you know, Georgia State has been – known for a little more throwing the ball but I think this year they're having a lot more success on the ground Georgia Southern has struggled a little bit more on the ground uh early in this season but did did a pretty good job against Coastal with the weapons they've got in slowing them down a bit um most of their bigger plays came through the air so I think Georgia Southern stacks up pretty good against Georgia State you know Georgia State leads the series five to three. And that may be a little surprising to some Georgia Southern has, has had their troubles with Georgia state and early in the, the two teams history of playing each other, uh, you know, Georgia state or Georgia Southern rather ran over them and was saying, this isn't a rivalry. This isn't a rivalry. Well, Georgia state has made it a rivalry with the way they've played the past few years. And, uh, couple of these games were games that georgia southern was leading late in the game and georgia state just came back and took it from them so i think the players know a lot of the guys that play for georgia state and 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 i did appreciate that clay helton said this is indeed a rivalry because coaches in the past have kind of foo fooed whether this was a rivalry or not because they haven't played that many games uh against each other but I think it's, it's, it's grown in its strength. You know, Georgia Southern has a lot of fans in the Atlanta area, and most of the time when they've played each other, I think that the fans have kind of outnumbered the home fans with the road fans that Georgia Southern has brought. It's going to be interesting to see what it's like this Saturday, and it's supposed to be a beautiful uh, weekend in Atlanta with temperatures in the, in the mid-70s, so I imagine that there'll be a, a good crowd on hand for it.
0: Yeah, I praise uh, Clay Helton with that, just like you. you Louisiana really doesn't have a rival. It would probably end up being Southern Miss. It could have been Louisiana Tech. uh, But ULM doesn't travel very well. And so when you have the opportunity to get a rival game going, even if it hasn't been played very much, that's a good job by Clay Helton and talk it up. It's something that not only the players can look forward to every year, but the fans can look forward to every year.
1: Yeah, I think Georgia Southern kind of sees App State as more of their rival. They've got a longer history with them. And they call it hate week when they play. It's, it's really developed into a great rivalry. Uh, it's also a good rivalry because the the not one team has dominated the series. But I do think that this one with Georgia State has gained some traction over the past few years. And I think the players are pretty uh, pumped and, and the fans as well about maybe trying to to get a little bit closer in this series, draw it a little closer to even uh, since Georgia State leads the series uh, five to three.
0: All right, what are you writing about in the uh, State Sparrow Herald uh, previewing this football game?
1: Yeah, you know, there's a lot about the, the fact that Georgia Southern has been running the ball with a lot of success with Jalen White. I think they're going to need that again. And Kyle Trace has continued to kind of come into his own My big question, Mark, going into this game is how Georgia Southern will be able to play for four quarters defensively. I think they're going to put up the points. They've shown that they've been able to put up the points uh, all year, despite whoever they play. It's been more about how their defense is going to hold up. Georgia State has given up a lot of points, so I, I would expect Georgia Southern to continue to put up points. The big question is how will the defense hold up? Will the secondary improve from what they showed in the second half of that Coastal game? They only allowed Coastal seven points and, and held a and check for the first half. If they're able to play like that in this game, I think Georgia Southern can, can handle Georgia State fairly handily. But if they struggle with the run like they did against uh, UAB and, and against Nebraska, it could be a close game that goes down to the wire.
0: Josh Aubrey on the from the Statesboro Herald on a locked on Sunbelt. Really appreciate your time and enjoy the football.
1: Thank you. Appreciate you having me.